Hey y'all, and welcome back to the podcast. You are on the mic with Adriel, and today is the very last part of the He Sees the Unseen series. So I wanted to go all in on this topic because it's something that we all love to talk about, and that is the prosperity portion, financial security, harvested wealth, big money, big money. (laughs) So the title for today is Fruitlessness to Fruitfulness, How to Achieve Success from a Biblical Standpoint. So today I really want to teach you how to get on the right path to success so that your business or brand or anything you seek to do in life will be fruitful instead of fruitless. This is something we all need to talk about. This is something we all need to understand and grasp, even if it doesn't even pertain to a business or a brand. You know, sometimes we have ideas, projects, and everything we want to do, and Some of us just don't know how to make it successful, even if this has to do with you just becoming the person that you want to be, if this has to do with school, or if this has to do with um, climbing up the ladder of your job, whatever position that you have right now. I feel as though these tips would be great for any of those things, any of those facets. So Let this be something where you fill in the blanks as I go along this podcast and teach you the different tips that you should use for business or brand. You can replace business and brand with whatever it is that you seek to do, whatever your desire is, okay? So the first thing we need to do is we need to learn the difference of what it means to be fruitful instead of fruitless. So fruitlessness is plainly the absence of fruit or the absence of success. A tree with branches and roots, but no fruit. A business with a business plan, but no success. Now, I'm not saying you grow a business and in the first few months you haven't seen any type of financial gain from it because sometimes it just takes a long time. But what I mean is years and years and years of you trying to grow something that you are still having yet to see any type of success from. So a tree with branches and roots, but no fruit. Now, oddly enough, this happens to physical trees at times when people are in charge of growing their own trees. The tree fails to produce fruit due to this number one reason, overdoing it. So over fertilizing the tree and over pruning the tree. People doing far too much and receiving very little results or no results at all from it, which is the opposite of what God wants. He doesn't want us to over labor and receive little or no harvest because Jesus says in John 4 and 38, I've sent you to reap what you haven't worked for. (laughs) That doesn't mean we shouldn't work hard because it says in Colossians 3 that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So no, That doesn't mean we shouldn't involve ourselves in hard work, but that means don't overwork yourself because when you're overworking yourself, you're not accessing much grace at all in your business or your brand or your project or your idea. You have to be in that work-rest balance. So when it comes to success, being fruitless means your business plan may be corrupted because of your own immorality, such as having the love of money instead of loving and serving people first, then receiving money as a bonus. Or you may even be seeing growth in vain, meaning 
you're reaching success in your business, but it's purposeless and unsustainable, something that may not last for a while. And all of these fruitless actions result in your business or brand being infertile altogether, barren, like a woman who can't have children. That's how your business has become. If you're not seeing any fruit, it's as if you're not birthing anything. You're producing branches and roots, but no good fruit. And I believe when that happens, it's because of something I like to call the loner success effect. The loner success effect. Trying to grow all on your own without God. Taking over the pruning position. Just like what we talked about just a few seconds ago, when a tree doesn't produce fruit, it's because someone is over pruning it. We may be over pruning our business because we haven't submitted it to God. And pruning is God's position anyway. Fertilizing is God's position anyway. But what are we doing? We're putting in years of pointless effort and seeing no good thing come from it. Nothing durable. That's what fruitless is. And fruitless is not what you want. You want your business or brand to be fruitful. You want it to last. So what is fruitfulness? Now that we've learned what fruitlessness is, what is fruitfulness? The opposite of that. Fruitfulness is a tree that has gotten planted in the right soil and doubled with the right maintenance. A fruitful business has a strong vision, a unique voice, passion, a great balance between labor and harvest, sustainable wealth, and a great leader behind it who loves what they do. A person who focuses on serving people and pleasing God And they watch the money come in as a result of them building a tree or a business with strong roots. So let's pray before we get into the rest of this. Father, thank you that you want your people to prosper. Thank you that you have said, I do not have plans to harm you, but plans to watch you prosper. Plans to give you hope and a future. God, we are of a royal bloodline. You have said that you have called us and chosen us as a royal priesthood, a chosen nation. Father, as we go about building our businesses, our brands, whatever projects, inventions, ideas that we come up with, as we go about doing these things, we ask that you are a part of it. We ask that you show us how to build it the right way from the start so that we will produce sustainable fruit, fruit that will last a lifetime, fruit that we can pass down from our generation to the next generation and to the next generation. Father, we thank you that you will do all of this and more. And we thank you in advance for the fruitfulness that will come from this podcast as we learn how to be successful from a biblical standpoint. We thank you for it all and we praise you forevermore. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's hop right in on how to build a successful business from the ground up. And like I said, you will hear me say these words, business and brand, but feel free to replace those words with whatever it is you desire to do. You fill in the blanks here. All right? So point number one, if you are going to change anything about yourself, change your point of view. Success depends largely on the way you see things. It starts there. Not just the way you see yourself, but the way you look at an opportunity. 
Can you find an opportunity in a cloudy situation? That's what separates you from a person who is building a fruitless business to becoming a person who is building a fruitful business. Someone who finds an opportunity in every mistake, in every troublesome issue that may come up along the way. Can you find an opportunity in a cloudy situation? Frederick Langbridge once said, Two men look out the same prison doors. One sees mud and the other stars. So the one who saw the stars looked beyond the fact that he was in prison and instead thought about the many opportunities waiting for him once he's released. He saw into the unseen. Which of the two are you? Are you the one who sees the mud or the one who sees the stars? Will you believe the unseen of your dreams or will you allow shaky circumstances to block your imagination? If we look at the story of Joseph, you know, the dreamer in the Bible, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. Now, this is where they really messed up. Because everybody knows you can't stop a dreamer. You can't stop a dreamer. All you need sometimes is your imagination to kick something off. All you need is a dream, right? So my boy Joseph has a dream that he and his brothers were binding sheaves in the field. But Joseph's sheave stands upright and his brother's sheaves all bowed down to his. And they already couldn't stand the boy. He was 17 years old at the time and they couldn't stand him because their father loved Joseph the most because he was the son of his old age. And I know like the feeling of that because my baby boy, I just love that little boy so much. Like I love all of my children, but my baby has a special place in my heart. And that's largely due to every horrible thing I went through with him. And so, you know, he's always going to have that little special place in my heart. Now, that don't mean that I love him more than other kids, but you know, it's just that little special place. I have a different set of experiences with him that are really irreplaceable. So Joseph was the baby son and they already didn't like him. But once Joseph had this dream, He told them about it. I don't know why he did that, but he told them about it. And they really wanted blood. And that's honestly a hidden message right there. You can't tell everybody your dreams. You can't tell everybody your dreams. You got to keep some stuff to yourself and let the success speak for itself. Let the success make the noise, right? So long story short, Joseph gets sold into slavery and Right off the bat, the Bible says in Genesis 39 and 2 that the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. Why was he successful? Because the Lord was with him. And because of that, Joseph found favor in every place he stepped. He was made overseer and handled authority. He became the number one dream interpreter. And he did that because he had such accuracy because his God was bigger than the little gods of their time, right? The divination. So Joseph became governor. He was a father to Pharaoh, and he even called himself Lord of Egypt, okay? I mean, this guy was living his best life because God was with him. And the Bible says, whatever Joseph did, the Lord prospered it. And the reason God was able to do exceedingly above anything Joseph could ask or imagine or dream was because Joseph opened his frame of mind. He looked beyond the prison bars and saw the stars without complaining. He might have been sold into slavery by his own blood, his own brothers. Can't imagine how badly that hurt. But Joseph knew that what his brothers intended for evil, God intended for good. 
So he stayed the course and prosperity and influence was put in his lap. So if you are going to change anything about yourself, change your point of view. Remember that thoughts are energy. So build your frame of mind around creating opportunities out of sticky situations. Your business should start with a strong vision. You need to dream of the impossible. You need to dream of positive things. Think positive and you will see positive. And be a brave dreamer. Be a brave dreamer, full of courage, just like Joseph was, and go for it, whatever it is. All right? Point number two, submit your business plan to God and be flexible. Understand the power of submission. The power of saying yes. Okay? Now, I know that success is quite possible without God. We see people all the time who know nothing about God. And honestly, I think that God had a lot to do with some of the people's success who won't even give them the credit for it. So that's a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. But yes, success is possible without God. But good success, long-lived success Meaningful success is only possible with God. Make him your business partner. Approach God in prayer and say, okay, Lord, here's what I want to do, but what do you think about it? What are your thoughts on it? I'm open to suggestions. And he'll answer you one way or the other. It may be through a YouTube video, a song, a billboard, a person. But you will get confirmation from a source and it's going to be that idea or that project or that business that just sits on your heart and you can't shake it off. So you're going to know whether or not it's from God. And if it's something that glorifies him and is a part of the assignment on your life, then he will be with you and it will all work out in your favor. If it's something that may not be in his plan for your life, or it may not be the plan right now, he will redirect you to a better niche. And yes, it will always be better so you can let the fear of the unknown go. Now, if you're a Joseph or a David, whatever you do, God will prosper it because he's with you. The other important bullet point here is that it's imperative for you to remain flexible when building your business or brand from the ground up. And know that when you accept the Lord, what's yours is now his. And that's not to limit you. That's to expand you. Because he will do something jaw-dropping with it. Something that may not even look like it fits your skill set or your experience. God's imagination is greater than ours, and we have to remember that. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and the direction that he gives and the timing cannot be duplicated or replaced. He's invaluable. What God brings to the table and how he grows us is priceless. How he will grow your business and your brand will be priceless and it can't be duplicated. It's like an offer you can't refuse, right? You can't beat it. So let him control your blueprint and your assets because he knows what to do with them. And that whole asset thing with having God control that, even as you reach success in your business, we can learn from Lydia in the Bible on how she allowed God to control her assets. So Lydia was a successful businesswoman and she acquired wealth from selling purple cloths. And purple cloths were a very well-known object back then that everybody wanted to buy. So Lydia, she accepts the Lord and she gets saved through the teachings of Paul. Then she goes back to her entire household and encourages them to accept the Lord. They all accept him. So clearly this lady has a lot of influence. And so she uses what she had gained financially as a means to glorify God by opening up her home 
which is a really spacious home, as a meeting place for believers to come and worship. She did that. She said, okay, Lord, here's my business model. What do you want to do with it? And it was through her generosity and flexibility to the Lord's will that the gospel was presented to the continent of Europe, the continent. Okay. God was able to use Lydia's wealth in a major way because she invited him on as her business partner. So although she was one of the ones who were successful before God, she was even more successful with God. And she was able to culture a deep, meaningful life because of her relationship with him. So when it comes to you, don't exclude him from your business plan or you'll put a cap on your wealth due to something I like to call the loner success effect, which is what I talked about a little bit earlier. And this is the notion where trying to grow the fruit of success is capped under a baseline when you do it on your own without God. But when you do it with God, the cap will be blown off from the overflow of fruit. Because the Bible says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, all things are possible. God as your business partner is your exceedingly great reward. Don't underestimate his company. He will carry you in every one of your business plans to completion from a mustard seed to a fruitful tree. How do I know that? Because it says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. He's going to help you stay consistent and motivated and encouraged and on fire for whatever it is y'all brew together. He's going to give you enticing ideas and projects to take part in because he is your reward. When the Lord came to Abraham in Genesis, he told him, don't be afraid. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, Abraham was already rich and God still said, I am your exceedingly great reward. Because he had just stepped onto the scene and everything was under a cap when it came to Abraham. But with God, he got everything he wanted. He wanted to become a father. God said, I'll make you the father of many nations. See, God takes the cap off when you do it with him. His presence in your business is your exceedingly great reward. Before the money starts rolling in, And after you've seen the increase, God will always be your exceedingly great reward. And when you start to capture that right there and agree with it, boy, you'll see success like no other. You will have success without limits. You know, me and my husband were talking a few months back and I was explaining to him how I wanted to do so many different things. And I said, babe, you know, I want to have courses and I want to have my blog and I want to have this and that. And I said, you know, I just don't know if that's too much. Is that is it is that me doing too much? Am I doing too much? And he was like, I OK, so I heard him say it's God's limit for you, babe. And I said, wow, I never thought about it like that. It's God's limit for me. So I don't have to worry, am I doing too much? Am I going to be successful and fruitful in this? Because it's God's limit for me. And it's whenever he says that's enough. And so I said that out loud to him. And I'm like, wow, thank you so much so much for saying that, babe. And he said, well, you're welcome. But I actually didn't say that. I said, the sky is the limit for you. But if that's what you want to believe, then, you know, go go right ahead, girl. You got that. And I'm like, wow, because I swear, y'all, I could have put money on it that he said it's God's limit for me. And that shows me right there that Holy Spirit will speak through whoever he wants to speak through. He will get it through to you. So ever since that day, I stopped saying the sky is the limit for me. 
Because when you think about it, it diminishes the power of God. God operates outside of time and space. The sky itself ain't nowhere on the level of the throne room, which is where he sits on a daily. The sky is pure matter. That's all it is. But God is pure grace. It is not the limit for me. The sky is not the limit for me. It's God's limit. Whatever he says I can have and do is what I will achieve. So I want you today to stop saying the sky is the limit for you. It's God's limit for you. There is no cap on favor. There's no cap on blessings. Because in Habakkuk 1 and 5, the Lord says, Be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Can I just prophesy to you and tell you today, God's looking to do something in your life, with your idea, with your business, that he can't even give you the full rundown on just yet because you wouldn't even believe it if he told you. So you might as well submit your business plan to God and be flexible with where he wants to take it because it's God's limit for you. Hey, it's Adriel from the future checking in. And I really pray that you are enjoying the message so far. I wanted to quickly hop on here and remind y'all that there is a way for you to rate and review the podcast. So on Spotify, you can only rate it with the star ratings. However, on Apple Podcasts, you do have the option of not only rating it, but also reviewing it. So if you go to the home screen of Read the Podcast and you scroll all the way down past every episode, you will see a nice little section there for you to add stars to the podcast and also write a review. Please, please, please do this for me, y'all, because I'm really trying to build this community. I love y'all so much and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, checking off. All right, point number three. Set bold, clear goals and follow through. This statement is derived from Habakkuk 2 and 2. Mm, There's our number again, 2 and 2. We in the year 22, let's go. Where the Lord says, write the vision and make it plain. The Message Bible even takes it a step further and says, write it out in big block letters so it can be read on the run. If you want to be successful, your goals have to be measurable. You have to secure the root of your business first, which is your why behind it. Write down what it is that attracts you to growing this business or brand. Then you need to build the branches around it. How exactly am I going to get from phase A to phase B? What are the actionable steps I need to take to accomplish this goal by this date? You can't only say, I want to make $100,000 per year from my business. You have to be clear with that goal and make it measurable or it won't be attainable. So try starting small and work your way up the ladder. So let's say you have an online store. You would say something like this. In order for me to make $500 per month, I would need to sell my $25 product to 20 people each month. Then once you start doing that, you go up. In order to make $3,000 per month, I would need to sell this $25 product to 120 people per month and so forth. And so you keep going up. In order to make $100,000 a year, I would need to sell this product to this many people. And now after you've done that, then you have to write down how you're going to sell this product to that many people. 
What sources are you going to use to bring in leads? Are you going to use social media? Which social media platforms are you going to use? Is it going to be Instagram? Are you going to be utilizing Facebook ads? And of course, this is an example that is replaceable with whatever your niche is or your project or your idea. But the bottom line is that you have to set clear goals and make them measurable in order for them to be attainable. And as you set these goals, you need to be scheduling out your time. Get a planner and schedule your time wisely to make sure you're keeping yourself free from unwanted distractions. Write down clear objectives on what you want to accomplish and how long that may take you. See, in this stage, I always go the extra mile because I like to use a physical planner to write down my goals as well as my phone to block out my schedule on some days. And this block schedule tells me what I should be doing every hour of the day so that I'm not wasting time because it's so easy to kick up your feet, sit back on the couch and watch a Netflix show and sit there and binge it the whole time. I mean, that right there is so easy to do. So you have to find ways to keep yourself busy and on task with whatever your business or brand or idea or project needs, okay? Now, you may see block scheduling as being a little too excessive, but I see it as necessary because we tend to lose focus very easily, and get distracted when we don't have a schedule to stick to. And if this business is something that you really care about growing, you need a schedule, okay? So blocking out my day-to-day task list tends to help a lot when I really need to laser focus on my goals. I don't do this every single day, but I definitely do this when I need that extra help. Now, after you've written down these goals, set clear expectations on how you want to accomplish them and follow through with it. Following through will give you that freedom to finally be able to sit back and watch the fruit grow because we don't want to actively be growing our fruit on our tree. We want it to be something that's passive, right? Once a tree is planted right and that tree is well taken care of, that fruit passively grows on each of the branches. That's how you want your business to be. You need to build that root, take care of those branches, and watch that fruit passively grow into success. And that right there brings me to my next point. So point number four, grab some snacks. It's a journey. (laughs) Grab some snacks. It's a journey. So if we're going back to that scripture in Habakkuk uh, chapter two, verses two through three from the message Bible. That scripture also says, once you've written the vision down, like we did in the last step, the vision cannot lie. Even when it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on the way. It'll be here right on time. Now, Mark Twain says success is not a destination. It's a journey. And slow success builds character. Overnight success builds ego. So you don't want to rush this because if you rush it too soon, if God gives you this major success way too soon, you will lose it just as fast as when you got it. I know we see everybody everywhere on every YouTube channel, on every ad on IG. Oh, you want to learn how to get quick money, fast money. You want to learn how to become a millionaire in a week. Man, don't listen to that. Don't listen to them because we're not sure how long they will be able to sustain it and whether or not their character has been built. Has their character been built in that process? You know, you don't want your success to outrun you or you won't be able to keep up with it. That's the reason a lot of kid celebrities get on drugs and end up in rehab 
because their success outran their personal growth and they weren't sure how to handle it. It was too much pressure. That's why Jesus didn't start teaching until he was at the age of 30 because he needed to build that character. He had been building that character since he was a young boy. His parents lost him one time. They had lost him for three days and he was building his character and learning everything he could in the temple. He was about his father's business, even as a young boy. And Jesus understood that success was a journey. It wasn't overnight. That's why David was anointed to be king at a young age, but he didn't take the role of king until 30 years old. Success is a marathon, not a race. The Bible says the Lord is not slow in keeping promises, as some understand slowness. He's patient, not wanting anyone to perish. He doesn't want you to get crazy and blow it once he gives it to you. He wants you to be able to keep it. He wants you to build something that you'll be able to pass down your generations as an inheritance. But that's going to be completely impossible if your character is fruitless. Right? You don't want overnight success. You want to learn how to invest. You want to learn how to handle your money with wisdom. Okay? You don't want to have it today and lose it tomorrow. You don't want to be that guy. That's why people who win the lottery, most people are not rich today because it was too fast for them. Things happened too swiftly and they didn't have that character to be able to handle that kind of wealth. So they lost it just as fast as they gained it. Shoot, miss me with that get-rich-quick success scheme, right? Mm-mm, I don't want that. No, thank you. Let God take you on a journey and build you up like a living stone. Just as the scripture says, it says we are being built up like living stones. The key word in there is being, which signifies a process, something that is happening and takes time. Not overnight success to glorify our ego, but slow success so that God may be glorified through us. Plus, you just got to think about it. You'll make many more memories and have a much greater testimony when you're able to sit back and take note of each and every moment, every single baby step, how you've grown, right? So go ahead and grab some snacks and meet God on this journey toward success. Point number five, create without apologizing. Produce without permission. Don't get into the habit of people pleasing, especially when your business or brand is but a fetus. You don't have to run an idea by people and get their opinion to determine whether or not it's a functional idea. And you don't owe anyone an apology if they dislike something you do along the journey. This is a habit you need to avoid at all costs, especially when you're starting out. Because what'll happen is you'll put yourself in a hole where you won't even make a move without feedback. And it will be as though the people are building your business instead of you. This is your business. This is your brand. Create what you want without apologizing and produce what you want without permission. That's exactly what Jesus did. He created influence without human feedback. He preached what he wanted to preach. He healed who he wanted to heal. And even on a day that was forbidden to work on, he said, nah, bro, this is my brand. They was like, oh, you can't heal on a Sabbath. He was like, uh-uh, this is my brand. You can't tell me who I can and cannot heal on a Sabbath. I am the Sabbath. And who are you? <laughs> I'm just playing. He didn't say all of that, y'all. But that's the way I like to look at the scriptures. 
He was like, my only business partner is my father in heaven. And if he says I can do it, then I'm going to do it. Jesus's entire ministry was to please the father, not people. Sure, he served people and he loved on people, but he pleased the father and the father only. When they questioned his business moves, he sometimes explained it to him, but he never changed his mind based on people's opinions. Come on, like if he would have listened to Peter when he said, no, you're not going to go to the cross. You're not leaving me. God would have never been able to save humanity and conquer death for us. Jesus knew the importance of building a business without apologizing and producing without permission from people. Because you got to understand that the vision God gave to you was only shown to you. So ain't nobody else going to see it like you do. And if you're constantly asking someone, hey, you think, think I should do this? Um, is this cool? Like, is this a good idea? If you're constantly asking them, they're going to give you an answer outside of the scope of God's vision for you. Now, that doesn't mean you can't ever ask for feedback, but you just need to be careful with that. You don't want to start off by asking for so much feedback and then your entire business was pretty much built from people. So if they tell you to do something and it turns out to be a mistake, then that's their mistake. That ain't yours. If they tell you to do something and it turns out to be a success, then really that's their success. That's not yours. You want to be able to build your own business, do things your way and do it without sending apologies to people. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I should have did better with it. No, you don't have to apologize to nobody. Shoot, what I speak about on my podcast is what I want to talk about. It's what God is putting on my heart. What I wrote in my book is what I wanted to write. I didn't ask people for feedback of what I should put in my book or not. Me and God did that entire thing by ourselves. Yeah, I went to a publisher after it was finished. So she could check grammar and give me the copyrights and everything. But that book was written from my heart. That was my soul, my creativity. I told it like I wanted to tell it. And it came out fantastic because of it. And I get to say, me and God did all of it. Right? So create without apologizing and produce without permission. This is your story. This is your testimony. This is your business, your brand. Plus, you'll be the one stepping back and saying, dang, I did that, right? Me and God did that. Point number six, never get so comfortable that you stop learning. School may have lasted only a season. But gaining wisdom and knowledge is readily available for a lifetime. When you stop learning, you stop growing, which means your success will be stagnant. The world is ever evolving and you should always be looking for ways to sharpen your tactics, sharpen your skills, sharpen your mindset, And age has nothing to do with how intelligent or wise you can be. This and that right there, boy, the mind, that's my sweet spot right there. Learning, I am a lover of learning. I'm forever looking for ways to improve intellectually. That's honestly why I'm on a path right now to mastering Mandarin Chinese. Y'all, I'm taking private lessons and everything. My teacher for these lessons is always praising me for how amazing I am at pronouncing the tones. Every time I have to read something or she'll say, okay, let's have some real conversation. And then I'll say it in Chinese. And every time I get done saying my part, she'll be like, oh, 太好听了. And that means, wow, you are so pleasant to listen to. And she's always like, you're like a Chinese announcer. (laughs) So y'all, I'm almost at intermediate level and 
I've only been learning Chinese since June, but I am serious about it. It was something people ask me, well, why Chinese? Why Chinese? Well, because I seem to connect with Chinese more than other languages. And as my second language, aside from English, I really wanted to choose a language that I found a connection to. So I love the Chinese culture. I love their food. Um, I love the way that they do their entertainment. I think it's very interesting. And I seem to catch on to the tones really well when I started learning Chinese. Plus, one of the main reasons why I'm doing Chinese is because it is one of the hardest languages to learn for an English speaker. And the way my brain works, this is an actual thing. The way my brain works is it's difficult for me to learn simple things. I have to learn something that is going to be a great challenge. I don't know why I'm like that, but the same thing was happening to me when I was in school. So when it came to math, math was my favorite subject. And when it was very simple information, I wasn't really into it. But as soon as the teacher would put a long equation up there, Boy, I could solve that equation so good. It's just something about my brain. My brain likes a challenge. So Chinese is a challenge for most humans, but honestly, for me, it's actually quite easy because it interests me. I guess the simple things to my brain is just too boring. So for Spanish, I know a little bit of Spanish, but I'm not going to hop into that language fully immerse myself in that language just yet. I'm going to learn Chinese first. And to be honest, I want to know five languages fluently before I pass away. So, so far, I know that I want to be fluent in Chinese. I want to be fluent in Russian. Obviously, I will pick Spanish back up and I will already know English and I just have to pick one more language. And I'm not really sure what I want that to be, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> and to tell you the truth, learning languages is so great for the brain. So great for the brain. It staves off Alzheimer's. It helps your memory. It helps you stay focused. It, it even improves your confidence. And you can't put an age on learning, period. Do not put an age on learning because the possibilities are endless for the human brain. I'm telling you, there's this man I know who started learning languages at 60 years old, and now he's fluent in 18 plus languages. <laughs> so you can't put an age on learning. You can still learn how to learn a language. You can still learn how to do this, do that, whatever it is that you want to learn how to do, you still have time. So uh, yeah, my Chinese learning has been going great. Pretty soon I will be intermediate in my speech. I'm already listening to it very well. I watch Chinese shows and listen to Chinese podcasts and I can understand a lot of what they're saying. My level of learning is really great. It's really fast. And uh, I'm just so excited that pretty soon I'll be able to say I'm fluent in Mandarin. That's crazy. That is crazy to say that. Just, just to say that you're bilingual, come on. The opportunities are endless when you're bilingual, right? So never stop learning. Never stop learning. Get into the habit of reading. I know a lot of people don't like to read, but I'm telling you, reading is so great for the brain. I stay at the library. Get into the habit of studying how to be a great leader, a great entrepreneur, or whatever it is that you're going after, learn about it, study it. Always be on the track of self-education. The world is not going to stop for anybody. And time cannot be recycled. Learn something new every day. Because culture ain't going to find a way to catch you up. Culture is going to keep moving. And you're going to have to catch yourself up. You know, the best leaders, the best entrepreneurs are those who never got so comfortable in their success that they stopped learning. Bill Gates is worth 
$114.2 billion. And he still never stops learning. That man reads 50 books a year, 50 a year. And it's only 52 weeks in a year. So he's pretty much reading a book a week. Tell me that's not impressive. He knows the power of education. He knows that there is always room for self-growth. There's always room for improvement. So never stop learning. Even as you reach your success, there's always something else you could be doing. Right? There's always something else you could be improving on. Point number seven. This is our last point for today, y'all. Point number seven. No matter what you do, keep showing up. You know, there's a quote that says, success is the sum of small efforts repeated. So I hate this word consistency. Okay, I don't hate the word. But when I really wanted to kind of stop going towards my goals because it seemed like I didn't have the motivation for it anymore, as if I lost my passion, I would talk to my husband and I'm just like, babe, I just don't think I can do it. I just, I kind of just don't even want to do it anymore. I kind of just want to, you know, raise my kids and try to have a life later on when they're grown, because it's just too much to do all of this at one time, trying to build a business, build a brand, and take care of children at the same time. It's just too much. He was like, babe, I know, I know, I understand. But I'm telling you, it's coming. You just have to stay consistent, stay consistent. And every time I would get in this mood where I felt like I don't want to keep going on, he would always say, well, babe, you know what I tell you? And be like, oh my gosh, please don't say stay consistent. He'd be like, girl, stay consistent. You got this. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that is my main point for this. For point number seven, it's stay consistent. No matter what you do, keep showing up. Keep showing up. If you make a mistake along the way, you keep showing up. When you're afraid, you don't feel like doing it, keep showing up. Whether or not a problem arises on the way to success, you can't fix anything unless you're there, unless you show up. You have to get to a point where your dreams start believing for you, even when your faith may be lacking. When I wanted to quit writing my book, When things got so tough and it seemed like it was impossible to handle, the only solution was for me to keep showing up, to keep writing. And it's published today because I showed up even when I didn't feel like it. Your business, your brand will take off in unimaginable ways when you show up. Even if you're only doing something small, In relation to its growth, know that that's all you need. All you need is to just keep repeating those little small efforts continuously and things will come together. The business will be successful. All right. Keep showing up no matter what you do. If you're a writer, wake up every day and write something, even if it's two words. Whatever it is that you want to do, put something towards it each day, something small towards it each day, and keep that on repeat. That's the secret to success. Keep showing up. Okay, so I just want to reiterate every point that we learned today as we go from having a baby business to building it into something massive that we can receive fruit from, that can become something that's successful and sustainable. So point number one, if you are going to change anything about yourself, change your point of view. 
Success depends largely on the way you see things. Find an opportunity in cloudy situations. Point number two, submit your business plan to God and be flexible. Understand the power of submission. Make him your business partner. Point number three, set bold, clear goals and follow through. Write the vision and make it plain in big block letters so it can be read on the run. Make your goals measurable. Know your why and know your how. How are you going to get from phase A to phase B? And what are the actionable steps you can take to accomplish that goal by a certain date? Point number four, grab some snacks. It's a journey. The vision cannot lie. Even when it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on the way. It will be here right on time. Slow success builds character. Overnight success builds ego. So don't rush it. Point number five, create without apologizing. Produce without permission. Don't get into the habit of people pleasing. This is your business, your brand. Point number six, never get so comfortable that you stop learning. When you stop learning, you stop growing and your success will be stagnant. School may have lasted only a season, but gaining wisdom and knowledge is readily available for a lifetime. And point number seven, no matter what you do, keep showing up. Success is the sum of small efforts on repeat. All right, so I really hope those tips were very helpful for y'all today. I know that this is going to be something that I will listen to multiple times as I am building my brand and as I am doing my best to stay consistent. I'm so excited uh, to be ending off this series. I feel as though this series was an amazing hit. So uh, thank y'all so much for listening. Also, if you want to see a written version of this podcast, I am going to be uploading this on my website as a blog because I feel like it would be very helpful for people who are looking for articles to read on the internet, um, helping them reach success from a biblical standpoint would be a great article to read, I believe. So you can find this on my website at adriellenicolesparks.com. Also check out the merch at imredpodcast.com. Like I said, there are so many things on there for you to choose from, so many different shirts. And I have things for every age in the house from toddlers to adults. So check it out. Also, y'all, we did the Speak Up Challenge. We started that last episode. I just want to check in with y'all and ask you how you're doing on that. If you have done amazing this week with the Speak Up Challenge and you spoke great things over your life, all you need to say out loud right now is, I did that. If you feel like you didn't do a good job, just say, God is still working on me. (laughs) All right. I feel as though I did a great job this week. I only said one bad thing about my kids this week, and that was, why they so bad? (laughs) Then I was like, you know what? They're not bad. My kids are great kids, even though they're not listening to me right now and they know they should be doing this and they're trying to take advantage of the fact that I'm giving the baby a bath. So they think that's okay for them to just be doing anything they want to do downstairs, even though they're doing all of this right now. They are still good kids. (laughs) Sometimes you really just got to look at it differently and just still say great positive things, even when you're not seeing it. But I love y'all as always. I pray you have a blessed week. And I actually have a little surprise coming up on Sunday, y'all. 
I'm going to start doing a new series called, so I don't even know if I should call it a series. It's just going to be something new that I do. I'm going to upload on Sundays a seven minute long podcast and they're going to be titled seven minutes in heaven. And yes, I know that is the title for the kissing game where everybody goes in a closet and then they do the little, you know, kissing scene or whatever. But for this, we're going to see this as seven minutes in heaven in our prayer closet. And it's just going to be something that is going to encourage you where you may not have the opportunity to listen to a full podcast that week, but you still want some type of encouragement as you get into that next week. Because, you know, Sundays really do start your week off either in a good way or a bad way. So I came up with the idea of uploading a very, very short podcast of something I don't even know what I'm going to be talking about on each podcast, but the Lord will give me the words as he sees fit and it will be something that's going to encourage you and it's going to be under seven minutes. So stay tuned for seven minutes in heaven, y'all. And I will be back on Wednesday with another full episode. But until then, stay red. Stay red.